Welcome to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry, presented by Boston Women in Media and Entertainment, sponsored by Tech Help Boston. Did you know that when you tell someone a story and they identify with it or they're moved by it, a connection occurs between their brain and yours? It's true. Stories connect us to one another. So no matter where you are in the world as you listen to this series, I hope you are inspired to say, if she can do it, I can do it. And truth be told, I have known the woman you are about to meet for many years. But it's been a while since I've interviewed her and her life journey. Get a little update on her mission because it continues to unfold. Question, do you know anyone with cancer? My guess is that you do. We all do. A cancer diagnosis is terrifying, but it can also be financially devastating. Enter today's guest, Carla Tardif. She's the CEO of Family Reach, and the vision is to alleviate and prevent the financial burden of cancer earlier in a family's journey. This is Carla's latest chapter in a career that has been devoted to work that matters, work that makes a difference. This is a woman who is driven by a sense of purpose. Carla Tardif, welcome to the story behind her success. Thank you, Candy. Thank you for agreeing to tell your story. There's so much to talk about. But first, we're going to go to the Candio lightning round. Five questions, five short answers. Are you ready? Ready. Here we go. Book or Kindle? Book. Morning person or a night owl? Morning. Type of people you are drawn to? Happy Best piece of advice you've ever received? What you pay attention to matters. When you were growing up, you wanted to be a... Singer? <laughs> really? <laughs> you see, this is why I love the lightning round. I never oh knew that. Boy. Oh boy, maybe someday we'll sing a song together. What do you think? There's a glimpse into your personality. So let's dive into this story for you. Tell me about Family Reach, the history of the organization, the mission, and how it works for families with cancer. Family Reach deals with a side of cancer that people don't think about. You hear cancer and you think about cancer research and these incredible strides we're making in science, which is fantastic. But where Family Reach steps in is to bridge the gap between science far outpacing the patient journey. Cancer bankrupts families. When a child is diagnosed, one parent needs to stop working to care for that child income is cut in half. If you have a, a single-parent household, income is cut by 100%. When the adult is sick, work is interrupted, income is cut, out-of-pocket expenses increase trying to access care, and of course, medical costs on top of that. So families just get upside down. And you know, the thing is too, that when you are in the fight for your life, when you're worried about your finances, you can't focus on getting better. That's absolutely right. And our families are cutting their meds in half, not filling prescriptions, making dangerous decisions every day. Do I pay my heating bill or do I make a car payment because I have to access care? But the reality is with an immune compromised person in the home, no heat could be deadly. Describe your role as the CEO of Family Reach and what your typical day is like. I think of myself as the team captain. I think of myself as the visionary. I think of myself as being three to five years ahead of where the rest of the team is right now. I'm a team player. I really enjoy being part of 
innovation, collaboration, helping people, and telling the story. I'm very hands-on every day. You know, it's interesting because you say it's very much a team effort. It's also all about relationships, and you've been trying to build those throughout industry. With philanthropy, there are so many great missions, and people have so many choices. It's so important for me, especially where I deal with the mission that people don't understand. When I talk about what I do, many people say, I never thought of that. The first thing I need to do is raise awareness for the problem, to be the voice of families. And I have to do that through relationships, through opportunities like this, Candy, so thank you. But getting people to, because they know me and trust me, be willing to take a peek and understand what it is that we're trying to change and be willing to join us. And the bigger the platform, the better. You have been invited to the White House by former Vice President Joe Biden to talk about the Financial Treatment Initiative. Tell us about that and the experience of being at the White House. Well, the experience was unforgettable. The Financial Treatment Project or the Financial Treatment Initiative is to reach families before they hit these debilitating financial barriers that affect their chances of survival. So the goal is to wipe out the shame, offer financial education, financial planning. So we give families with cancer a certified financial planner that has gone through a family reach training module so they can really get in there early with a family, set them up on a payment plan with the hospital, make sure that their insurance is optimized and that they have everything they need to avoid hitting financial crisis. These early wraparound services are critical to where we're going. I had three minutes at the vice president's podium to speak. I've been doing this for 11 years, and it's a problem nobody knows about. I had three minutes to talk about the problem, family stories, data, and where we were going. I practice, and I had this because I didn't want to be that girl that read it from a script, delivered my speech, sat down, got a text from my father that said, honey, that was the proudest nine and a half minutes of my life. <laughs> so apparently when you hold a girl down for that many years, three minutes isn't going to cut is it. It's simply not enough. <laughs> but what did it mean, though, to have the vice president embrace family reach and what this message is? The vice president gets it. He's very passionate about cancer, and he's seen this up close and personal. When his son, Bo, had cancer, he was about to lose his home. So this is something that we see every day, but didn't even realize that at that level it happened. Vice President Biden wants to make huge strides in cancer, and he understands if we don't keep the patient at the center, we're just not going to have the results we need. So I am beyond grateful for a man at that level with that kind of passion to understand it and to put family reach forward as the leaders in solving the problem. You were drawn to this mission very early in your career. Let's go back to 2003 and an NFL player named Pat Kelly. Tell me that story. Pat Kelly is such a dear friend of mine from college. We went to Syracuse together. He played football for Syracuse. He went into the NFL. He played for the Jets. He played for the Broncos. Pat and I did big fundraising events. So you his, were fundraising all the way back then? I was <laughs> fundraising all the way. It's, I like parties, Candy, <laughs> and I like to help people, and it was just this perfect storm. We did big NFL events to raise money for muscular dystrophy. A friend of ours had a son with muscular dystrophy. And then Pat Kelly got brain cancer, and he was treated at Memorial Sloan Kettering. He would bring the Jets players through to the pediatric floor to visit the kids, as so many athletes do. And Pat would call me 
from treatment or after visiting these children and say, Carla, these parents are not talking about cancer. They're talking about the fact that they're about to get released, but there's no heat in their home. He told me about one family who was about to leave and got word that there was a repo guy in their driveway waiting to take their car. So they were afraid to go home. He kept calling me saying, you have to do something. I didn't know what to do. My advice was give them money. I didn't have any other advice. Two weeks before Pat Kelly passed away, I went to see him and I was holding his hand and he made me look him in the eye and he made me promise him that I would fix this. I did make that promise and I walked out of that hospital room thinking, what did I just do? That friendship and that experience changed the entire trajectory of your life. It did. Candy, it changed the face of cancer. Because what we're able to do because of that promise and because of the people that I'm surrounded by is changing the face of cancer. Why does this matter so much to you? It's just so unfair. And it's the system is so broken. And I see the shame. And I see the hope with science and research. And I see the gap between the two. I guess to answer your question, I am really passionate about this because I can't cure cancer. But this we can fix. Many stops along the way for your career, all purpose-driven. Walk me through them. We start with the Muscular Dystrophy Association. Yes, we start there, but I even want to go back to when I got out of college because what I love about your platform here is if she can do it, anybody can. Candy, I was somebody who had no direction, no passion, no drive. I was I can't even imagine that. So lost. I had every two years, I changed jobs. I was receptionist. I was a secretary. I was an ASICS rep. I could not find my way. And I went on this path of self-discovery and self-realization and self-actualization to figure out what is it? What are my gifts? Who am I? I was trying so hard to be what I thought I was supposed to be and missing the point. I was raised by a mother who still to this day, and without telling you my age, I'll tell you I'm in my 50s, still to this day, this woman, she's done it since I was two, this is Carla. She's a free spirit and very difficult to parent. I always thought there was something wrong with me. I was at road races selling ASIC shoes. I'm a runner. And that's where I saw a road race for muscular dystrophy. I saw people making a difference, coming together to ease suffering, to help, to, to bring about change. And that's when it clicked. That's my passion. So yes, I started out with Jerry Lewis in LA doing the Jerry Lewis Labor Day Telethon, Backyard Carnival's grassroots fundraising. Did you meet Jerry Lewis? I did meet Jerry Tell Lewis. Tell me about that. He's a character. He's passionate. You get out of his way or you follow. And I followed and I learned so much. And I learned a lot about passion and drive. CMT Entertainment. I'm going to guess those are your initials. You are right. Your own company, a nonprofit consultancy. Tell us about that chapter in your life. That came from Pat Kelly, actually. So I was at Muscular Dystrophy Association. I started doing fundraisers for one of our NFL friends who had a son with muscular dystrophy. Then my daughter was born. I had my first child, and I decided I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. I left muscular dystrophy, and I told my NFL friends that I was taking a back seat. 
They didn't accept that. I said, fine, I can do this big fundraiser from home with a child. And I did. Ray Bork came to the event, said, Carla, can you do a golf tournament for me? The Red Sox were there. Carla, would you do something for the foundation? Unbeknownst to me, I launched CMT Entertainment, which really focused on celebrities and their mission and just helping them raise awareness and money for their causes. It was about then that I had a chance to meet you. You were working for a Boston-based guy named Ernie Bach, who is a legend in this market, who owns many, many, many automobile franchises, right? Yes. But he's a billionaire, and he's also a giving guy who really believes in philanthropy. And he and you together launched Music Drives Us. Tell us about that. Please support our sponsors. They make this show possible. More than 30,000 families and businesses have trusted TechHelpBoston.com since the year 2000. Dave Almazian, president of TechHelpBoston, with the reasons why. It's really about forging a relationship and having a trusting relationship because your technology is very personal to you. It used to be in the old days that things were private. When you're online, nothing is private anymore. And we want to make sure that that information is kept confidential and with somebody that you trust and you feel comfortable with. You can trust TechHelpBoston.com. To keep your computer and systems running right, call 781-484-1265 or visit techhelpboston.com. That's techhelpboston.com. I, as a fundraiser doing many events for many different missions, was watching this billionaire and trying to understand the pattern of what missions he was passionate about. I couldn't make sense of it. I called Ernie Bach. I cold called him and said, I would like to take you to dinner because I want to know what makes you tick. And Ernie Bach said, if you can pick a restaurant that I've never been to before, I'll go. Luckily, I did. We went out to dinner. We had a 10-course wine-tasting meal. And at that dinner, I realized this man needed to start his own foundation and it needed to be for music. When I pitched that around dessert, he said, let's do it. And that is because he went to the Berklee College of Music and is a very skilled guitarist. And music has always been a big part of his life. That's right. What makes you tick? Where did you learn these clever things about taking people out to dinner and and finding out what makes them tick? Once I started to get on a path of finding my passion, and I realized being other people's voices allowed me to find mine. When you're speaking on behalf of a mission or on behalf of people who can't access care or don't have music in their schools, it's amazing how brave you can be. Let's go back to your childhood. You had mentioned your mom, who has been saying since the age of two years old that you were sort of hard to handle, (laughs) a free spirit. Where did you grow up? I grew up in Arlington. And tell me a little bit about your childhood. I'm the oldest of three girls. My mother is off a farm, put herself through school, got into the medical field. She is a hard worker. She is an entrepreneur. My father, the same, grew up in a small town in Rhode Island. Father was a grocer. He, too, entrepreneur. So I grew up with role models who broke the mold. I guess when I look back, and thank you for asking that question, I was destined to figure out how to do something on my own. But three sisters, I was always an athlete and had sort of a fairy tale upbringing. 
You know, when you're an athlete growing up, and I believe this to be very, very true, you have a certain skill set and it really affects your work ethic because you're used to practicing every day. You're used to devoting a part of your life to being better at what you do. You are also a mother. You've mentioned your daughter's birth. How many children do you have now? I have two. My daughter, Jessica, is 20 and my son, Drew, is 17. What is mother love? Hmm. It's unconditional. It's scary. (laughs) (laughs) It's hopeful. It's rewarding. It's fun. I think one of the best pieces of advice my mother ever gave me when my children were born was that she wished that she had had more fun with us. A little less parenting and a lot more fun. Speaking of scary, you had a breast (laughs) cancer diagnosis, and I know you and I have done some fundraising together around breast cancer, which has always been so important to me because I lost my mom when I was a teenager. How are you doing? Give us an update. Also, my question is, how did it change you? I've been diagnosed with breast cancer twice. In 2010 was my first diagnosis. And because my younger sister was 29 when she was diagnosed and my mother had cancer, we don't have the BRCA gene. But because I was diagnosed, I had bilateral mastectomies, reconstructive surgery. I did whatever it took for cancer not to come back. Two years later, I was diagnosed with invasive breast cancer. It was a head scratcher for a lot of the oncologists that I work with. How could she still have breast cancer? It makes me glad that I I made the decision to have the mastectomies because clearly it was a very aggressive cancer. How does it change you? Life is a state of mind. When you have cancer, you are constantly being forced to make a decision. Do I get afraid or do I be brave? You have those moments. You have to decide. You have to change your mind. You have to decide you're going to be okay and be fearless in your approach when you face cancer. And I do believe that that is how I approach this massive problem that I am now faced with trying to solve the financial crisis of cancer. People ask me, how do you dare go where no mere mortal go? Well, I do believe if you've beat cancer a couple of times, You feel like you've earned the right to do just that. There is a line in the Bible about giving with your right hand and never letting your left hand know about it. What is your philosophy about giving to others? To me, my philosophy about giving to others, it is how you find yourself. It is why we're here. There is nothing more gratifying than saving a life or lifting people up around you. And the ripple effect that that has, I'll never know. But I know it's causing miracles every day. Was Pat Kelly your role model? Pat Kelly was my role model. I'll never be Pat Kelly. I'll never be anything like Pat Kelly. But I have his picture on my wall and my team on my 10-year anniversary of Family Reach went and got his Syracuse football jersey. So that, too, is framed on my wall. He was my role model. He is my inspiration. And I have a feeling he's got a hand in my success here at Family Reach. When an obstacle is in your path, how do you get around it? I don't believe in obstacles. I think they aren't roadblocks. I think they're road signs. You get around it by looking at the problem differently. Life is full of lessons. What has been the toughest one for you? It's really tough when you're 
surrounded by cancer, you're surrounded by loss. And I see families lose their children to cancer. I see husbands lose their spouse and wives lose their spouse. I guess the toughest lesson for me is that I'll never know what the right thing to say is, and I'll never know how to truly comfort somebody in these unthinkable situations. In your work, what has been the greatest gift? My team. I am surrounded by the most incredible group of human beings, and I am so proud of these people. I am determined to solve this problem with them, because of them, alongside them. At this moment, then, in this chapter of your life, which continues to unfold every day, filled with purpose, filled with drive, based on love, based on commitment, what does success mean to you right now? Success is self-awareness. Success is knowing that you are doing all that you can, that you are utilizing all of your gifts, that you are lifting up people around you so they too can utilize their gifts. And together, success is infinite. Carla, it's been so wonderful to just spend this half hour with you in the studio. I've missed you so much. I'm so proud of everything you've accomplished. Carla Tardif, CEO of Family Reach, wife and mother, my dear friend. Thank you so much. Thank you, Candy. Thanks for listening to the story behind her success with Candy O'Terry. This is a series with one goal in mind, to shine the spotlight on women doing great things with their lives. We hope these weekly stories will motivate and inspire you. If you'd like to suggest someone for Candy to interview, she'd love to hear about it. Connect with her anytime on Facebook, Twitter, and her website, candyoterry.com. That's C-A-N-D-Y-O-T-E-R-R-Y.com. You'll find all of these links in the show notes. What's your story?